John Carter was scheduled to teach this program in Manila, but now at his studio in Los Angeles, during the COVID-19 restrictions, John Carter will teach us how to find hope, inspiration, and power in the world to come. There are brighter days ahead in God's wonderful world of tomorrow. And now, here is John Carter. Hi, friend. I'm John Carter. Welcome to the Carter Report. We're talking about the power of the world to come. This is part two. Let me tell you an amazing little story. Happened in Australia. A group of guys were sitting together one night in a, in a bar or a hotel, as they call it in Australia, in a pub, as they call it in Australia. They were drinking away, and then they started to talk about their wives. You won't believe this one, but it's true, I'm told. They started to talk about how great their wives were. One man was talking about his wife. He said, you guys just got no idea. She's just amazing and wonderful. She's so great that I can go home any time of the night, uh, drunk as anything, and I say to her, honey, I'm home, and I'm, I'm hungry, and I want some food, and she gets up and gets me anything I want. <laughs> now, the rest of the, uh, of the men thought this was amazing, and they didn't believe it, and so they had a little bet. Well, we'll, we'll go to your house, and we'll see. Okay, so they got a, a cab or a taxi. They arrived at John's house. He cried out with a big voice, Hey, Mary, it's John. I'm here with my mates and we're, we're really hungry. Drunks are always hungry. Have you noticed that? <laughs> she gets out of bed and she gets a nice meal for them. They sit down and they have a great meal and then they get embarrassed and they say, John, we think we, we better go. Oh, he says, Mary understands. She knows. Uh, she just gets gets me anything I want, and you're my mate. So, so they have the food, but then they say, no, we got to go. So they go. John is sitting there, and Mary comes in, and he says to her, Mary, why do you do it? Why do you do it? I can come home drunk any time of the night, and I cry it, I want something to eat. And you get up and you get it for me. And you never, ever complain. And so she paused and she said, I'll tell you why. Because, John, the way you're living, this is the only life you're going to have. I believe in heaven. You don't. You don't believe in God. So I'm trying to make this life as close to heaven as I can because the way you're living, you're going to know nothing better. But as for me, I have the hope of heaven in my heart and I have a wonderful, wonderful peace. That broke him up. This true story. This man was so broken up, he said, Mary, I want to have what you've got. I want to have the peace and I want to have the joy that you've got. I too, I want to believe. Now listen to me, my friend. If you've got the hope of heaven in your heart, if you understand the power of the world to come, you can face anything. And today we're talking about the power 
of the world to come. And that is why we love that song that Vera Lynn used to sing. You know the song? Yeah. We'll be seeing you. It's not all over because there's something better. Now, I'm going to come in the Bible to Revelation chapter 21 and verses 1 and 2, and this is a follow-on from the first segment of the program on the power of the world to come. Here it comes. Now I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. Also, there was no more sea. Then I, John, saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. We talked about that in the first segment, but the Bible tells me a great miracle is going to happen. This mighty city is going to come down past the galaxies uh, through space and it's going to come down and rest upon this earth. The Bible says it and uh, I believe it. And when that happens, we shall have heaven on earth. We are going to taste the power of the world to come. Look at Revelation 21 and verse 3. These are the words of Holy Scripture. You can believe it. It's not fake news. It's the word of God. And I heard a loud voice from heaven saying, Behold, uh, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people. God himself will be with them and be their God. The Bible says this new world uh, is going to become the center of the universe, not an old sin-cursed world, but a new, beautiful, wonderful world. Now, God has got a plan for your future. You may say, well, I don't think I've got a future. I don't, I just, I don't think there's anything. I want to tell you, my friend, God has got a plan for your future. And I'm going to show you what the plan is. Second Peter chapter 3. Now, Peter was one of the greatest uh, people who, uh, who's ever lived. And he wrote this book. And he says in Second Peter chapter 3, 10 to 13, listen up. Listen carefully. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night. Oh, hey, let me stop there for a minute. This brings me back many, many years when our son David, who is in charge of our television production and who is doing such a fantastic job right at this very moment, he was just a little baby. We had him in his bassinet on a bed. We were in this room right next to him. I woke up one night little disturbance, there was a man getting out of the window. We rushed in, David was okay, but he'd been standing on the bed on which David's bassinet had been placed. Now, he was a thief. I called the police. The police came and they said, hey, anybody hurt? I said, don't think so. Well, they said, unless you get hurt, we can't do anything to help you. <laughs> That's political correctness, my friend. <laughs> but the thief came. I chased him down the road. Just as well I didn't catch him because he's so big. <laughs> but I want you to know something. A thief doesn't tell you when he's coming. And God's not going to tell you either. So you better be ready. And you better listen up. And you better take this seriously. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night in which the heavens 
will pass away with a great noise, and the elements will melt with fervent heat. Both the earth and the works that are in it will be burned up. Therefore, since all these things will be dissolved, what manner of persons ought you to be in holy conduct and godliness, looking for and hastening the coming of the day of God, because of which the heavens will be dissolved, being on fire, and the elements will melt with fervent heat. Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for new heavens and a new earth in which righteousness dwells. The Bible tells me that the old order, the old heavens, the cosmos, and the old earth, the very elements are going to catch on fire and they are going to be, in the words of Holy Scripture, they're going to be dissolved. And then the Bible tells me God is going to make a new heaven and a new earth. Listen, number one, the fiery destruction of the cosmos. Are you listening to me? The fiery destruction of the cosmos, the destruction of the elements, the passing away of the heavens, the end of planet Earth, this sinful Earth which is burned up, the creation of a new heaven and a new Earth. Now, please listen to me. All of these things of the old order are going to be totally destroyed and almighty God, the creator, who said in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. He's going to do it again. We are going to have the creation of new heavens and a new earth. This is the word of the Lord. You can believe it. So death is not the end. We'll meet again. As Vera Lynn sang to the troops in the First World War in Britain, God will give his people a new world with everything to delight the senses, thrill the soul, satisfy the heart, bigger and better than anything we've ever seen or realized, anything we've ever imagined. What will this life be like, the power of the world to come? Number one, it's going to be endless. There's going to be no sin. Therefore, there's going to be no death. There will be no funerals, no undertakers, no hospitals, none of those things because there'll be no sin. It will be real. People won't be sitting on rosy tinted clouds strumming their harps. Philippians chapter 3, verse 20 and 21. Philippians chapter 3. Verse 20 and 21, the prophet says, For our citizenship is in heaven, from which we also eagerly wait for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly body, that it may be conformed to his glorious body, according to the working by which he is able even to subdue all things under himself. The Bible says God's people are going to get new bodies. New bodies? Yeah. The Bible says they're going to be bodies like Christ had. When Christ was resurrected from the dead, he had the eternal body which could not decompose 
which would last for eternity. And it was a real buddy because Jesus, you know, with his disciples, he proved that he wasn't a spirit by eating some fish. He said, have you got anything to eat here? And they, they got him some fish and, you know, bread and stuff. And he ate it to show that he was not a spirit. In the earth made new, in God's new creation, God's people are going to be real people and they're going to do real things. How does that make you feel? Makes me feel good. I don't want to be a spirit. I want to be me. Real glorified human beings doing real things. Isaiah 65, 21 and 22. They shall plant vineyards and eat their fruit. They shall not build and another inhabit. They shall not plant and another eat. For as the days of a tree, so shall be the days of my people and my elect shall long enjoy the work of their hands. In this new world order, God's people are not going to be spirits. Don't believe that stuff that is sometimes taught, that God's people are going to be spirits sitting on clouds strumming harps. That's not true. They're going to be real people and they're going to do real things. I say hallelujah. Isaiah 65, 21 and 22. Isaiah 65, verse 21 and 22. I want you to see this. There it is, verse 21 and 22. Listen to the words. They shall plant vineyards and eat their fruit. Hey, they're not spirits. They shall not build and another inhabit. They shall not plant and another eat. For as the days of a tree, so shall be the days of my people. And my elect shall long enjoy the work of their hands. So they're not going to be disembodied spirits sitting on rosy tinted clouds strumming their harps. No, they're going to be real people with real bodies and they're going to do real, real things. Now, folks, there's not going to be any sin. And because there's no sin, because sin has been abolished, therefore there's going to be no pain, no sickness, no fatigue, no sorrow, and no depression. Hey, no sin, but it's going, to, it's going to be wonderful and we will taste the power of the world to come. Look at this text, Isaiah 65 and verse 25. Isaiah 65, it says, The wolf and the lamb shall feed together, the lion shall eat straw like the ox, and dust shall be the serpent's food. They shall not hurt nor destroy in all my holy mountain, says the Lord. No wars. You won't need a military because there's going to be no sin. And then Revelation 21 verses 4 and 5, it just caps it all with a description of glory. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There shall be no more death. Hey, don't you want to go to that place? No more death, no pandemics, no COVID-19, no more death, no sorrow, no crying. There shall be no more pain, no pain, no pain, no depression, for the former things have passed away. Then he who sat on the throne said, Behold, I make 
all things new. And he said to me, write, for these words are true and faithful. You can believe this because this, my friend, is the very word of God. These are not just the words of men. It's a description. It is a look into the future, into the world to come. Listen, no death, no funerals, no hospitals, no sick people, no pandemics. Better than you can understand, better than any person can comprehend or realize. It is going, we're going to taste the power. Are you listening to me? We're going to taste the power of the world to come. We'll meet again. Death is not the end. We will meet again. So listen up and believe it and have faith. You see, my friend, we need to have hope. You can put up with anything if you've got hope. You can put up with anything if you've got hope. But the death of hope always leads to the hope for death. But I'm talking today hope, 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 and we have hope because Christ is coming and he's going to give us a brand new world. Now somebody's going to say to me, oh, John Carter, it's too good to be true. It's just pie in the sky and sweet by and by, you know. I'm going to tell you a little story now that's dear to my heart, and that's the story of the great Australian outback. A lot of folks don't know this, but continental Australia, it's the smallest continent, it's the biggest island, but continental Australia is about the same size as the United States of America, if you take off Alaska. The outback is a big, big country. Huge. Want to tell you a little bit about the plight of the people living there 100 years ago? The remoteness, the loneliness, the dangers. You got bitten by a snake, what could you do? The heat in summer, blistering heat, and in winter at nighttime, you could freeze. Now, I'm thinking more than 100 years ago. No doctors, no nurses, no hospitals in the outback of Australia 100 years ago. And some of the bravest people in the world went and lived there. The Reverend John Flynn, a Presbyterian minister, founded the Australian Inland Mission. He was a person who cared for the souls of the people. He did that in 1912. And with a broken down old car or a camel, he would go into the outback and minister to the people. Qantas started in 1920 in Longreach, in Queensland. It is the oldest airline in the English-speaking world. It is also the safest airline in the world. And it's a part of our story. Flynn started the School of the Air around the same time using a pedal radio for the children on the remote cattle stations so they could get an education. Then Flynn started the Flying Doctor Service, still going today, one of the marvels of the world. He started it in 1928 to bring medical help to the people of the outback. The first flight for the Flying Doctor Service was with a rented Qantas plane at 20 cents a mile. <laughs> the plane was called Victory. Hey, you still listening? Then a plan was started to bring the children of the outback on holidays to see the sea. 
at Manly today, which is a suburb of Sydney, is a large building where children are brought from the inland to experience the ocean. I've seen some of those boys and girls going back 50 years. I have seen some of them being escorted by the nurses to the beach and then into the ocean. You see, reading about the ocean is not enough. You gotta taste it. That's like heaven. Nothing can prepare you for the experience, the wind, the waves, the sound of the surf. It's you've got to experience it before you can understand it. And that's like heaven. So big, so beautiful, feels so good. Reading about it is not enough. Listening to a lecture is not enough. I've seen the look on the faces of the children from the outback. I've heard the, oh, ah, wow. This is a million times better than my teacher told me. That's what heaven's going to be like. A million times better. What does the infidel know about this? Nothing. And I want to tell you folks something. You can't understand it fully now. You've got to experience it. And that's why the Bible says, the great text, I has not seen nor ear heard nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. A billion times better. Wouldn't you like to go there? Wouldn't you like to go there? What's stopping you, my friend? A billion times better. And Jesus wants me there. That's the best thing. John chapter 3, verse 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal, everlasting life. The creator God became a man and died on the cross so that you could go to heaven. What's stopping you? It tells you he loves you. We're talking today about the power of the world to come. I love American history. I love America. The Battle of Gettysburg, one of the great battles of the Civil War. General Meade versus General Lee. On the third day came Pickett's Charge. 12,000 Southerners, members of the Confederacy, Versus the Union, storming up Cemetery Hill. Tremendous courage, but for a lost cause. So the Southerners that day lost the battle as they lost this war, the Civil War. Lincoln, that great president, sent this message to his general. Pursue the enemy, break his power, now is your opportunity to end the war and stop the bloodshed. Pursue, pursue, pursue. But they couldn't. You know why? They'd fought to a, a stop. They were exhausted. That night, what a scene of carnage. Thousands, tens of thousands bodies lying on the ground. Men moaning, crying for water, crying for their mothers crying for their fathers. And then 
It was seen an old farmer coming across the field of Gettysburg, uh, an old Quaker, an old Christian, holding up the lantern, looking for his boy, John Hartman, thy father seeketh thee. One poor boy got himself up on his elbow and he said, Would to God that were my father seeking me. And the other soldiers took up the cry, John Hartman, where are you, John? Where are you, John? Your daddy is here. The old Quaker father would take a few steps, hold up the lantern, look at the faces of the boys and cry out, John Hartman, thy father seeketh thee. And finally, one of the bloodiest areas of the field where the north and the south had fallen together, one poor soldier boy got himself up on his elbows and cry out, cried out, Father, here, Father, here, Father. The old father went over, put down, he put down the lantern, and he lifted up his boy, and he carried him home to safety and healing. Listen, across the battlefield of this world comes a man with nail-pierced hands and he lifts up a lantern and he cries out, John Hartman, thy father seeketh thee. Your father is seeking you today. Christ died on the cross for you. Jesus is coming again. It is the truth. He's preparing a place for you today. You can taste the power of the world to come today. If you will simply lift up a hand to God and say, Here, Father, here, Father, and your Father will put down the lantern. Stoop down and lift you up and carry you home. Believe in him today. He loves you. This is the power of the world to come. God has blessed us all. Those blessings can be passed down to our families and to the family of Christ. A monetary gift from your estate can be given to support the tremendous work of the Carter Report. Your gift delivers hope to those waiting to hear the Word of God and changes lives all over the world. Vehicles of all kinds, boats and property can be transformed to support the schools, orphanages, churches and television programs of the Carter Report. If this is your wish, or if you have questions, please contact us. You can call the number on the screen or write to us. Thank you for making us a part of your legacy. In the series, This I Believe, Pastor Carter reveals the heart and soul of the Carter Report. I believe in Jesus Christ. I believe in the Ten Commandments. I believe in the true gospel. I believe 
in the last days. I believe in the America that believes in God. I believe in heaven. I believe in evangelism. This, I believe. The seven DVD series, This I Believe, can be yours with a gift of $75 US or $105 Australian. Please write to us at the address on the screen or visit our website at carterreport.org. For a copy of today's program, please contact us at P.O. Box 1900, Thousand Oaks, California, 91358. Or in Australia, contact us at P.O. Box 861, Terrigal, New South Wales, 2260. This program is made possible through the generous support of viewers like you. We thank you for your continued support. May God richly bless you.